Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Everybody's Got a Podcast. Of course, this is a bit of a surprise episode. I think just because, well, I haven't posted one in months and months and months. Uh, I had meant to do a lot this year, actually. I had meant to do a ton of podcasts this year, um, but I just never did. I, I just never really got around to it just because, well, there's been a lot of stuff going on. As you may know, uh, I live in St. Petersburg, Russia, and... Of course, there's a big situation going on at the moment, so I left for two months, and yeah, I've come back. Um, still don't know how I feel about it, but, you know, I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I, I meant to do a bunch of podcasts then. Um, my nicer microphone is, is back in, in Florida at the moment, um, and I'm using a, a lesser microphone, uh, but it's still okay. I mean, you can hear the sound quality of it. It's not it's not as good. Uh, there's a few things that are a bit lacking, but um, I'm still going to use it, though. I, I, I enjoy doing podcasts, and I want to keep doing this. I want to keep practicing. Um, mostly, I would say this Everybody's Got a Podcast podcast is it's kind of like a practice podcast because like, I feel like once I get back to Florida, I'm going to be doing um, different podcasts, something a bit more serious, right? So basically everything I do on here is, you know, I'm testing the waters in terms of uh, doing opinion pieces, doing research pieces, doing uh, interviews and things like that, just all sorts of everything, um, just doing all, all sorts of different types of um types of podcasts, just to see what I like, see what fits well with me, see what I enjoy doing. Um, and it seems to me uh, the, the one I enjoy doing most is doing researched opinion pieces. Those are my favorite ones to do. So maybe I'll do that in the future. I don't know. Um, but it really just depends on how I feel, I guess, once I get back to Florida. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyways, you, you may have read the title of the podcast, and you can see this is going to be about small towns dying. Now, I grew up in a semi-small town, not super small. It was about 90,000 when I moved there, and it's probably about 110,000 now. Um, and I, I moved there in 1999, and I left in 2016, so it gives you a bit of a time frame on that. Um, it is right now currently one of the fastest growing cities in America, so I've been told. I haven't actually, to be honest, I haven't really researched it that much. I've just kind of believed people on that, but I can see it, though. Um, if you go around the city, you can see tons of new things all the time, tons of new modern things, tons of new um, things that you would have never seen when I was in high school there. And I, I went to high school from 2007 to 2011. And so the difference now versus like when I was in high school is, is incredible. It's, it's very different. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about small towns because it is something that's important to me. Um, because yes, as I said, I grew up in a town of 90 to a hundred thousand people and you go, Oh, that's not very small. And you're correct. It's not that small. However, uh, one thing that I did do a lot, which was go to my grandmother's city, which is a city of 19,000 people, much smaller. And I believe when I moved there, it was about 15,000 people or, or, or 14,000 people or something like that. So it was a lot smaller than it is now. Now, of course, there are going to be some people out there that are like, that's not small at all. I live in a town of 300 people. Uh, yeah, of course, that's that's much smaller. But that's not the average small town i think i think the average small town is going to be a, is it's going to be bigger than that you know it's got a few things in there i would say the average small town is going to be between let's say 13,000 and 20,000 people and and that's the definition we're going to be using for small towns for this um so if yours is smaller if yours is bigger hold on just listen you know and and you'll you'll understand where i'm coming from and you'll see what i'm getting at and I think maybe it'll be applicable to your city. If it isn't, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry for wasting your time, but I think you will enjoy this episode if you live in a small town. So let's go ahead and get into this episode about small towns. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about small towns. Now, I think small towns are dying. That's my opinion. That's the opinion that I'm going to be stating throughout this podcast. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. But regardless, let's go ahead and let's discuss it. Now, it would have been nice to have an interview about this one, to have some people come on and talk about it. And I, I considered it, but I thought, you know, I haven't really posted a podcast in months. And usually these only get about 10 listens. So it's maybe not worth the effort to have 30% of my listenership being on the podcast, uh, which is three people, I guess. That that was the idea of getting like three people from three different countries to talk about their experiences. And, you know, if I get bigger in the future, perhaps I can do that. But for now, you're just going to have to listen to me and hopefully you enjoy that. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about this then. So let's talk about the causes first. So why do I think small towns are dying? Well, I think the biggest reason, and I think the most let's say, relatable reason. It's going to be that people are bored. Now, in this case, of course, because uh, small towns, of course, are small. They don't have as much stuff as larger cities. They don't have specialized stuff. I was listening to another podcast the other day, and they were talking about how, uh, where they live, they had a whole entire restaurant dedicated to cereal. Now, you just couldn't have that in a small town. And even even semi-large towns, you, you really couldn't have, like, in my city where I live, I don't think a, city, uh, a restaurant could survive that just sold cereal. I think it'd be too niche. But you can have that somewhere in like a large city. And people see that. People go on Instagram, people go on Reddit, people go on Twitter, and they see these things. They go on YouTube, they see all these these cool, amazing things that you never have in a small town. And because of that, they see all this and they get they get a bit, let's say, jealous. They get a bit envious and they go, man, that would be cool to go visit that. Wouldn't that be cool to go to the cereal shop? Wouldn't that be cool to go to the the, the, let's say the the vegan washing shop where you can buy all sorts of vegan soaps and vegan shampoos and things like that. It's, you know, stuff that they're interested in that you just don't have in your town. You know, it's like in my small town, what do you have? Well, in America, you've got maybe a Walmart if you're big enough. And if you go to Walmart, you're not going to find like a vegan soap. You're going to find Dove or Irish Spring. And that's pretty much going to be it. Like you don't really have a big selection in terms of that stuff. And I think that is what kind of leads people to be a bit bored because they don't have the selection in there. You know, let's also talk about entertainment in terms of being bored. If you go to a big city, you know, for example, where I live, like if you go to the West, you go to Tampa, I'm just going to give slight clues. I'm not going to say where I live, but if you go West and you go to Tampa, they have Top Golf. My city absolutely couldn't support Top Golf. Of course, you can drive to Tampa and you can go play Top Golf, but of course, or, or Orlando, Orlando also has Top Golf as well. But you have to drive there, and it's a big thing. Like, you can't just go, oh, hey, let's, uh, you know, you can't just wake up on a Saturday and go, eh, let's go to Top Golf today. You know, let's go, let's go do something like that. You kind of have to plan in advance because if you're going to drive there, it's going to take, you know, an hour or two to get there from where I live, lived. Um, and because of that, it's not really something that you're going to do often. It'd probably be something maybe you'd do, let's say, you know, two or three times a year, if that's what you enjoy, if you enjoy doing that stuff, then, you know, it'd only be two or three times a year, because it's a big commitment, right? And it's not really like, I mean, it's not a huge commitment, you can just wake up, let's say at eight o'clock, drive there at nine, get there at 10 or whatever like that. And then, you know, you've got, it's pretty easy to do. And there's lots of stuff to do. And then you can drive home. However, driving an hour is always a bit of, um, let's call it a barrier, right? It's a bit of a barrier, because 
people don't necessarily want to do that, especially with how high gas prices are these days. People don't like you don't always want to just get up and just drive an hour just to go play top golf, like or, or to go, you know, to the cereal shop or to go go find your vegan soaps or something like that. It's just not this. It, I mean, it is feasible, but it's inconvenient. That's the point. Like the inconvenience will put a barrier into getting to those places. And so when people finish college, they finish university, they're going to travel to those big cities because they see all this stuff on Instagram, on YouTube and stuff like that growing up. And they go, well, I like that stuff. And I want to experience that stuff. I want that stuff in my life. So why don't I just move there instead of living here and going there occasionally and making special trips to go get it? Why don't I just go to the big city, right? It's the young people who are going to be going there. It's not the older people. Let's say, we'll say older people in terms of like people who have established careers, people who have kids and things like that. Let's say we'll call them the over 35 crowd, right? These are the people that are less likely to go do that. Now, I'm in the younger crowd, right? I'm not, I'm not in the, you know, get married, have children type of crowd yet, maybe eventually, but not now. And so, for, like, for me, I see the draw of this. I see why people would want to finish university and they would go to those big cities because there are opportunities there, not just in terms of uh, entertainment, in terms of things to buy, but also with jobs. That's the second point of the causes. Brain drain, right? So if you don't know what brain drain is, brain drain is this idea that uh, small towns or cities or countries even can lose all of their intellectual talent because they don't have the resources to sustain that intellectual talent, right? People, let's say if you're from, uh, I don't know, Liechtenstein or something like that, or if you're from Angola and you're really good at computer science, you're probably not going to stay in your town. You're, you're not going to stay in your city or maybe even your country, you know? If you're, let's say, you know, a top programmer in Angola, you're going to go, well, you know, I've looked around and I can see, well, I don't know, maybe Angola was a bad choice. I just I just like their flag. That's why I chose them. Uh, but, you know, we'll say Angola, we'll say somewhere like Morocco or something like that. You know, we'll go with Morocco. And, you know, let's say, you know, you've got your big cities, they have these things like that, but you know that as a computer scientist, as someone who's really good at that type of stuff, you could go somewhere like America or, or the UK, or you could go to Germany or something like that, where they have these big tech companies and you can make lots and lots of money. So you would say, well, you know, if all I have to do is learn English and, and I could go work at these companies and I can make more money in one year than I could ever fathom in my life. You know, it's like right now, like as a teacher, like someone who's teaching English in Russia, it's like if I went back and taught in America, I would make six times as much money doing basically the same job. So it's like, you know, and that's Russia whose economy is, you know, relatively higher higher than other countries um and so like a lot of this brain drain comes from the fact that there's just more opportunities in these other places we can also look at that in terms of cities right so let's say you live in america i'm going to talk i've always said that i focus more on america because i'm american that's what i know now if you're in a small city in America, let's say you, the same idea, right? Let's say you live in a city of 20,000 people. You're a great computer scientist. You're, you know, you've studied law. You've studied medicine. You're going to look around. You're going to go, I don't, there's not really any jobs here, right? Well, of course, computer science these days, a lot of it's online and a lot of it's work from home. But let's say like, you know, you enjoy the working in an office environment and you can't really do that. Like we'll focus on lawyers then. You can't really do that in a small town. People don't need a high-paid lawyer. They don't need some sort of expensive lawyer who's going to get them out of something because there's not that much demand there. Same thing with hospitals. The hospitals, the clinics, they're going to be smaller. You're not really going to have that demand there. So if you're an exceptionally talented someone, 
then you would look to those bigger cities. You know, where I live, you would look to Tampa, you would look to Orlando, you would look to Miami, and you would go, oh, I, I have much better opportunity in those places. Why don't I go there? Why do I stay here? If there's nothing really that I want to do, you know, I can't go to my cereal restaurant here. I just like the idea of the cereal restaurant. I can't go to my cereal restaurant here. You know, I can't find a good job here. Why don't I go to those big cities? Why stay here? So brain drain, of course, is going to be a big factor in terms of this. It's the biggest draw to big cities because there are opportunities there, you know, even in terms of teaching, right? If you live in a small town, the resources, the money, the funds for teaching is not going to be big. You're not going to have, well, maybe these days, more smart boards and things like that. But in general, you're not really going to have the same technology. You're not really going to have the same funds and resources that big city teachers might have, right? And so you might go, well, you know, why would I stay here, you know, and make $35,000 a year when I could go to the big city down the road two hours away, I could move there. And I can go and I can make, let's say, $45,000 a year or $50,000 a year, you know, and I can save more money. People always say, well, yeah, of course, but you spend more money in those big cities. But if you think about it, right, if you make $1,000 a month and you spend $800 a month, you save $200. But if you make $10,000 a month and you spend $8,000, you save $2,000. Of course, it's the same percent. However, you saved let's say an objectively larger amount of money now that you now you've got $2000 right $2000 isn't worth the same as $200 so you would say you know if i can save the same percent right or maybe even a lesser percent but it's still more money you know let's say i can save 30% of my paycheck in a small town and only 15% in a large city but 30% of my paycheck in a small town is uh, $200, whereas compared to a 15% of in, in a large city is going to be $400, you're going to go, oh, well, I mean, clearly it's better to be there, right? Because I can save more money per month. I can, I can have more money in general. So that's going to be a big problem because there's more opportunity, there's more money, there's more things to do in those big cities. Now, let's reel it back to small cities and why People don't necessarily want to stay in small cities. Let's talk about like we're, we'll finish talking about why people want to leave and we'll talk about why people don't want to stay. Right. It's kind of the same idea, but two sides of the same coin, we'll call it. Right. And I think the biggest reason why people don't want to stay in small towns is stagnation. Right. People don't like the idea of stagnation, especially younger people. Right. Younger people, you know, we always want progress. We want things to get bigger. We want things to grow because that's what our life has been. Our life has been getting bigger every year. You go up to a new grade in school. You go from middle school to high school, high school to college, college. You get out and you get a job. Right. You get a, a job making twenty thousand dollars a year. Then you get one making forty thousand, fifty thousand, sixty, eighty thousand. If you're lucky. Right. Things are always growing. And we kind of want the same thing with our cities as well. We don't want a city that's stagnated. We don't want a city where the entertainment that's there, the cinema that's there has been there for 50 years and that's the only cinema. We don't want, you know, the only restaurants being TGI Fridays and Red Robin because nobody likes those restaurants anyway, right? We want these new things to come in. We want new experiences, new things to try. And if you have small cities that are stagnating because nobody's coming in and no investment's coming in, no money's coming in, then it's going to be boring and people aren't going to want to stay, you know? For example, let's talk, I'll talk about my city right now. So, my city, as I said, back when I was in high school, it was very boring. When when I was in high school, it was more of like the smallish, medium-ish medium, medium town experience that you would get in Florida, basically where it's hot outside. So what do you do? You know, well, you either go to the park and you sweat to death or you go walk around Walmart for a while. And that's what we did a lot. We walked around Walmart and then we went to Taco Bell. 
that was our experience, right? And that's basically all we had to do. We didn't really have much more than that. There's maybe a skate park you could go to if you drove 30 minutes down the road, and it wasn't very good. However, these days, like now that I go back, you go to the park, and now they have very well-made mountain bike trails. They have wonderful parks that you can walk through that you can walk for three or four hours and just see new stuff all the time they're beautiful parks that you go to and that's just one park you can also play soccer there you know you can go down the road and now there's going to be indian restaurants which you've never seen when i was a kid even though that was only 10 years ago right they've got more let's say starbucks i mean they've got more starbucks down there people like starbucks right but they've just developed in general there's now apartments instead of just single family homes there and this is stuff that people want, right? This is this is the stuff that people are going to be staying for. This is going to be the reasons why. Because now that I like, and also, well, let me let me go back to what's there, right? They've also put in sidewalks everywhere. They've put in sidewalks down the major roads. They put in sidewalks all over the place. What does that mean? That means I can ride my bicycle places. I like riding my bicycle. Of course, many people ride on the road, but riding on the road can be a bit dangerous. So I I, I tend to stick to the sidewalks. Which, by the way, many people will tell you is illegal in Florida. It is not. You can ride your bike on the sidewalk in Florida. So, by cyclists on the sidewalk have all the same rights as a regular pedestrian. Anyways, people don't walk anyway, so what does it matter? But anyways, right? All of this stuff means that the last time I went back home and I rode my bike around, I could go to a Dunkin' Donuts just riding my bike. I could go to the supermarket. I could go to Taco Bell. I could go to another supermarket. I could go get my bike fixed. I could go to Walmart. I could go to the park. You know, I could ride down the road. I could go out for coffee and things. All this stuff I could do on my bicycle. Of course, it was long because the city is, unfortunately, it was, it was one of those cities that had a lot of development post-war, which means it kind of has that suburban entrapment type of feel where everything's a bit suburban. However, it's changing, right? It's becoming better. And this is one of the reasons why I want to do this episode is because I think more cities should follow this way. It's really, really nice, right? Because I went back there and I thought, actually, I, I don't mind this anymore. I don't I don't mind my city. The city that I used to feel was a, a brain toilet. You know, it was it was it was a toilet for people that wanted to escape. You know, as soon as they hit that flush on there, as soon as you got stuck there, you were stuck swirling around and eventually down the drain to a place that we're not going to describe, right? It's not a good it's it wasn't a good place to be at all. But now because there's more culture to it. People are bringing culture to it. People are bringing stuff to it. It's growing. It's getting better and better and better. Now, I can't believe it, but I don't mind it. I don't mind being there. I don't mind it at all. Now, it's a bit hot, of course. It's Florida. But, the, I mean, it surprised me. It surprised me that this development, this this infrastructure that was being added to the city made me want to stay in the smaller town and not go to Tampa and not go to Orlando. I went to university. I went to college in Orlando, and I like Orlando. But I realized, I was like, well, actually, this isn't so bad. It's got a lot of the stuff that Orlando has. Not everything, of course. It's much smaller, but it's not so bad. I don't mind it. You know, I'm hope I'm hoping that they're going to develop it even more if they stop where they are now then it'll be okay, but it's not something I, like where I would want to stay, but like the prospect of it becoming better is something that entices me to stay there. So is this a bad thing? Is this a bad thing that small towns are dying? In my opinion, yes. I think it is a bad thing. Well, let's not call it a bad thing. Let's call it a not good thing because small towns have their own culture. They have their own charm, and I don't think they should just be left to die. I think that's maybe a bit unfair to the cities because they... 
have their own histories. They have their own stuff to them, and many of them do. Now, of course, a lot of them are, like, let's just call them post-war suburban entrapment. That's what I'm going to call it, because they're not really cities. They're not really neighborhoods. They're just a series of houses built close enough to a Walmart where people can live, and that's not really a city. There's no history to it. There's no, there's no culture to it. There's no planning to it. It's just to put people places. And I'm mostly focusing on, well, we can focus on those but a bit later. But so I think these older cities, and, I, and there's one city that I want to focus on, which is my grandmother's city. And I want to focus on that city because it is a historical city. It has its own historical downtown where people walk. There's stuff down there. You can go, you can walk to the pizza place, to the bank, to the lawyer's office if you need to, to the post office. You can get Mexican food, burgers. It's not big. But there are there is stuff there. The courthouse is there. There are, there's a few bars there where you can grab a drink if you want. It's totally walkable. And I've even ridden my bike around it. And and I could easily like let's say if you had a house nearby, you could easily walk there. You could easily ride your bike there. You can park your bike places and you can just walk. And everything is very easy, very convenient. And I like that. And I think it's great. Even though the city is only twenty thousand people. It's got a very accessible downtown. It's very nice, and I really, really like it. Now, what I was thinking as I was walking around, I thought, I thought this place would be a wonderful place for urban development. Not in terms of taking things like the, the, the historical stuff down, leaving the historical stuff, but in places where they want to develop new houses, but instead developing new places for younger people, bringing that stuff in. You could bring in small tech companies if you bring in people from those other cities, right? You could, you could absorb people that, for example, like the city that I live in, but they think, well, maybe it's a bit big. You know, maybe the housing prices are a bit much. Maybe I'll try the smaller city that's nearby. And you could go there and you, you could go there and you could easily find something if they were to develop it, if they were to bring in apartments, if they were to bring in, you know, tech and modern stuff, if they brought in, you know, I mean, they are bringing in newer stuff. You know, they just got a Starbucks like 10 years ago. Um, you know, the restaurants down there, they've got, I mean, well, they've got chains mostly. It's a lot of chains, but it has the opportunity to grow and become something a bit bigger, right? There's a lot of good stuff there, and I really enjoy it. So that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like there's a lot of cities down there that could benefit from this stuff. And I see these things. And, of course, as I've said a million times, Florida's really hot. and It's kind of it dissuades people from staying there, and me as well. But I think that these small cities, like my grandmother's city, they have history. You know, you can go back and you can read the historical things, like texts about this city. You know, it's been around for – well, it's not, you know – in, in world terms, it's not super old. It's only, you know, let's say, let's call it 100 to 200 years old, right? It's not super old. Florida in general is not super old. But in terms of American cities, in terms of especially Floridian cities, it's quite old. And it's got its own history. It's got its own stuff to it. You know, a lot of stuff has happened since it was founded. And I think it, it's something that should be preserved. I don't think this small city should be lost just simply because everybody wants to go to the big cities because there's more money because there's more opportunities and things like that now of course i will say and maybe i should have said this at the beginning of the episode not everybody wants to leave their city not everybody wants to go to the big city you know but i think a significant like let's say a significant portion of people will want to i think enough to where it's going to negatively affect these small towns and this is not only the opinion of me, but if you look online about small towns dying, you'll see that many people have written about this over many of year, many years, right? I think the earliest article I found about it was about 2007, 
Um, and that was just online, and that was just scrolling through the first page Google. So it's something people are talking about, and it's something people are concerned about. Now, another reason why I think this isn't good is because it affects the balance of large city to small cities. Large cities will, of course, continue to grow. Small cities will continue to shrink. And I think that's not a good thing because, like, once you have everybody kind of in one city, then that city has a lot of, let's say, power of these people's lives, right? So let's say if let's say you've got a city of, let's call it 2,000 people, or let's say maybe 200 people, and 60% of them vote for the mayor. Then you're going to have 120 people who voted for the mayor and 80 people who didn't. And this is going back to the money thing as well, right? You're going to have 80 people who are upset, which is you know, that's 40% of the people. However, 80 people, not a super big thing, right? It's not going to cause huge waves in the community. However, if you have a city of 2 million people and 60% of vote for the mayor, you're going to have 800,000 people feeling left unrepresented. And this isn't great because just because it's the same percent, and like I talked about with the money, just because it's the same percent doesn't mean it's the same effect. Because if you had, let's say, let's say this city decided to levy some sort of unfair taxes, then you're going to have 800,000 people who are going to be angry about that. And, and 800,000 people is more than enough to start a political movement to change the whole culture of the town. At which point, and we see it a lot now, I feel like that'll lead to a lot of political battle instead of political uh, working together, we'll call it, right? And I think, I think it's not something that really should be looked at like i mean well okay it's obviously got to be looked at what i meant to say was i don't think it should be something that we should aim for right having these mega cities everywhere it's not i, I don't know what the perfect amount of people in a city is but i feel like two million people in a single city is a lot and i feel like you can have the big city vibe of closeness and condensedness without having the two million people around without having that overcrowdedness Right. I don't think it's something that is necessary to having a, a nice city to walk around, to bike around and things like that. Right. So it's 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 something that we need to think about because we don't want small cities to die. We don't want them to flounder. As I said, they've got their culture. They've got their own stuff in there. We don't want to lose them. We don't want to lose. You know, we don't want basically states to become their capital cities. Right. Imagine. I mean, like. Well, imagine if all of New York was Los Angeles and San Francisco. That wouldn't be good, right? Because all those people in those small cities, they're going to feel unrepresented. They're going to feel powerless, right? Or let's say all of uh, Texas was just Houston or Dallas or something like that, right? Then whatever political influence that those cities have, they're going to have influence on basically the whole state. You're not really going to have the ability to affect change, right? Because right now, if you had a good balance between the smaller cities plus the bigger cities, then let's say if the bigger city is kind of leaning some sort of political way that you don't like, the smaller cities, if they were all, you know, kind of working together in a way, they would be able to overturn that influence. But if everybody lives in one city, then you're not going to have that influence. Of course, we know American democracy isn't a direct democracy. It's a representative democracy, meaning that just because every, you know there's a large proportion of people in the city who vote a certain way doesn't mean that whole city is going to be that way, right? It's just about basically, as we've seen recently, it's really about what the mayor thinks. It's about what the governor thinks. And it's not necessarily a good thing, right? Which is why I think people being all in one place is not a great idea. It's not the best idea. 
in my opinion. So what can be done to solve this? Well, I think <laughs> it's hard to say, but obviously you need to encourage people to go to small towns. Now, how do you do that? I don't, I don't know 100%, but I think financial encouragement for the cities to develop these type, this type of infrastructure would be a great way to start. I think these infrastructure bills that get passed, I think they should really, let's say, prior, maybe not prioritize, but really focus on getting small cities to build up, to modernize and things like that. Now, you can't just throw money at a city and make it modernize. You have to kind of influence the people. So there has to be there has to be financial incentives for the people who live there. Now, when I went back to my city, there was a place where they wanted to build apartments. And because of this, many people were protesting this. I saw many signs that were like, no apartments on this street. And I think it, it, you can't really do that anymore. We can't really just build single-family homes everywhere. And they were. They were, like, around the city. They were building a lot of single-family homes. And I was looking at it and thinking, that's probably a mistake, you know? This city is growing really quickly. And if you only build single-family homes, you're going to stifle that growth. You're not really going to bring in what's coming in. And because of that, you're not really going to have the younger generation coming in. You know, as we've seen with many old, many old towns, I guess, many small towns, is that a lot of old people stay there. And that was a problem with my grandmother's city. But if they were able to build apartments and things like that, I think it would bring in a lot of young people. It would be able to revitalize the city. Some people might say that, like, if if you're always encouraging small cities to grow, then, of course, we won't have small cities anymore. All small cities will become big cities. Now, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that once we get to the point where every city becomes a big city, I think we're going to have much different problems. I think that'll be something... Uh, 200 years in the future, two or 300 years in the future. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the case. I think that stabilized, progressive growth would be great for small cities, and I think it'll be wonderful for their economies and for everybody who lives there. So hopefully this wasn't too all over the place. I wrote it as an article first, and then I tried to adapt it to a podcast. Um, but anyways, thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to get something out of this, and I hope you were able to uh, see my point of view. If you have a different point of view, I'd love to hear it. Or if you want to discuss it, obviously I would love to discuss it as well. I, it's something that's important to me because I think small cities are great, and I think small cities are a wonderful opportunity to build new cities in a way. I think they're a wonderful opportunity to build wonderful cities and kind of fight against the suburban sprawl that kind of not plagues America, but kind of encompasses America all over the place where people have these soulless uh, neighborhoods that are just kind of houses everywhere, single family homes everywhere with no places to go, nothing to do, nothing to see, and things like that. And I think I think revitalizing small towns is the solution to that. Anyways, that's just my opinion. So so thank you so much for listening. Who knows when the next podcast episode will come out. I hope it'll be soon. I hope I'll get back to doing this uh, once a week. I'm learning new stuff at the moment. I'm trying to learn Python. Uh, I'm trying to uh, do fitness. I am trying to plan my own wedding. I've got lots of stuff going on. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And goodbye. <laughs>